this because the only person I brought in my family has been COVID allowed in. Father, I pray now as we get ready to hear your word today, we would be ready to receive your word and apply it to our lives. Father, I ask that you send your Holy Spirit to guide and direct us today so that we would know you. Lord, I thank you for all the good gifts that we have already received from you. I pray this for the sake of Jesus. Amen. conflict with, but um, <laughs> anyway, Dave, you got to warn me uh, uh, about that. Uh, also, let me uh, mention relative to that back to uh, um, last Saturday, but it is um, it is um, um, a, a lot of water activity, so um, if you do have particularly children or you know, are inviting children to come be part of that, uh, there's a slip and slide and, and a lot of, lot of water activity, so when you come in bathing suits and things, you don't mind getting wet or you don't mind them getting wet in even lunch and whatnot, and uh, and also preschoolers are welcome as well, but we do ask any adults on the preschool leave to come and help help with that, so that's going to be a fun, fun, fun day. If it's raining, we will not uh, have the event. We won't be able to do it um, because of the commercial rain that we have had this week. You know, if it's raining, just have them stand outside, and they'll get wet, and then you can, you can feed them pizza outside on your own, and, and, um, and you know, they'll have fun. Hallelujah. Uh, well, I don't know about you, uh, but I love games and puzzles. I, I always have. When I was a little kid, I always had uh, always had puzzle books with me. Uh, anybody besides me really remember and, and love that magazine, the highlights for kids? You remember that magazine 100 years ago? Uh, um, for a while, you could only find it like in your doctor's office, right, or the dentist's office. But but I love that magazine because it had it was full of puzzles and games and. And one of the one of the puzzles and games that we in there a lot was you know, uh, which one doesn't belong, and they give you a, a set of items and you're supposed to pick one out that, that doesn't really fit, doesn't belong. Emily talked a little bit today about things that just don't fit, and so I thought it'd be fun to play some of that. So I got a couple of these for you. Um, there we go. Yeah. So here we go. Which one doesn't belong? You got you know, three kinds of, of, of donuts and a, and a black and white cookie, and, and I thought you know they all fit. I, I I'm looking at that and I'm thinking. They're all delicious. I would like to have any, any of them right now. And so I, I assume this is like a trick slide. I don't know. Uh, um, maybe, maybe, maybe it actually doesn't. So then I found this one. It's got three tacos and a cheeseburger. And I thought about that. And I thought about that. And I said, they all fit too. These, all, uh, these are all, uh, they're all delicious. You can get all of them for a buck at a drive-thru. I mean, this is, so I'm thinking, you know, somebody's tr- trying to trick me with these, uh, which one doesn't, doesn't uh, belong thing. But I got, the next one's easy. You'll be able to actually to get this one. Uh, the next one, we got uh, breakfast cereal and eggs, bacon, and broccoli. Which one doesn't fit? Yeah, broccoli never fits, does it? I mean, it's always, uh, that's always kind of on the outs. That's always like, ooh, broccoli. Uh, you know, so that one, that one's maybe a little too easy. Uh, how about this? You got, you got a duck, a goldfinch, a chicken, and a lamb. I originally thought the, the, the outlier was the goldfinch because duck, chicken, and lamb are delicious. Uh, uh, I, I've, never, I've never eaten a goldfinch before. Uh, but I cheated. I looked at the answer key, and, and apparently the lamb is the correct answer because it is a mammal, and the other ones are birds. So uh, then, uh, how about this? Uh, e H. They're all all letters in the word French, so that doesn't help any. Um, anybody? Which one doesn't fit? See, yeah, the other ones are maybe straight lines. Ooh, so you're thinking that's what the whole game is about. You're thinking uh, um, that's got the curved lines. Uh, how about this one? Yeah, uh, uh, blue kite shoe and two. Which one doesn't fit? Kite, yeah, now they've changed over. This is, this is a rhyming, they got a little rhyming theme going here. Uh, 
right? Doesn't have the e sound. So blue, shoe, coo. Great. One more. One more because this is so much fun. It's uh, um, you got a pig, cow, chicken, and whale. What doesn't fit here? What does it belong? It's unclean. Yeah, right. You know, uh, um, uh, whale. Yeah, I think we got a barnyard theme. Uh, our animal theme going on here. So whale, whale doesn't fit. And, uh, and, and well, that's just a little fun. Uh, but but the, the whole point of this game, uh, the game is based on the simple truth that some things just don't go together. Some things just don't fit, like, like a barbarian at a tea party. Uh, and that, that's sort of what I want to talk to you about this morning. Because the Bible is clear that some things just don't fit. Some things have no place in the lives of God's people. So just kind of get us focused and moving. Will you stand with me, please, in honor of the Word of God? We're going to read together Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. If you're with me here in the center, I'll read the plain text. If you'll join me reading the highlighted portions, those worshiping with us virtually, just read the text as it pops up there on the screen, and we will walk through the passage together. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 5, is where the Bible says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse jesting, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, which a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Praise the Lord, this is the word of the Lord, and you may be seated. I want to go ahead and open up this morning with a little bit of a disclaimer that what I'm about to share with you is fundamentally aimed at followers of Jesus. It's fundamentally designed for followers of Jesus. In other words, I want to talk this morning primarily to Christians about things that matter for Christians. I'm going to talk this morning very simply, and I hope very plainly, about how Christians are supposed to live. For those of you here with us, whether in person or, or virtually, if you're, if you're connected with us this morning, and you're not yet a Christian, Maybe you're still not sure what you think about Jesus. Maybe you're just not, you're just not ready to take that step of faith and commitment yet. I do believe what I'm going to say will make sense to you, and it applies to you as someone made in the image of God. But the bottom line is, until you actually come to God by grace through faith in Jesus, until you're actually born again, changed on the inside, and until the Spirit of God comes to live inside you, until those things happen, you simply do not have the power to pull off the stuff I'm going to be talking about this morning. You can want to, you can try to, but without being changed and without the Holy Spirit helping you, you simply can't not, you simply cannot do this stuff in your own power. So having said that, let's get right to it and start here at the beginning of the passage where we read, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, 
just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. If you've ever wondered why you exist, or what's the meaning and the purpose of life, you will find right here a pretty good answer. You're here to be imitators of God. You exist to demonstrate and to share the goodness of God in this world. Genesis chapter 1 declares that you were made in the likeness of God to bear about in yourself the image of God. You were created to receive love from Him and then to love Him back and to share that love with other people. In other words, as someone made in the image of God, you're to go out there into the world and imitate Him. Go out there into the world in God's name and show the world what He's like. The most important way and the most basic way you can do that is found here in this passage, these two verses. It's by living a life of love. Giving yourself up for God and for others just like Jesus gave himself up for you. So this passage then calls us back to the life we're supposed to be living. And we're called and we are commissioned here in this passage to be imitators of God. And to do that first and foremost by living lives of love. To be imitators of God, the Bible says, by living a life of love. And I remind you this morning that according to the Bible, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And love is all those things because God is all those things. And to be an imitator of God means in large measure, to go and live like that. As we look at that list in 1 Corinthians, I find it helpful, I believe it helps to understand that for every item on that list, in 1 Corinthians 13, every description of love on that list, every item on that list, there are people on the other side of it. People on the receiving end of it. People in your life, people who come across your path, for whom love, for whom loving them will mean acting in that particular way. For example, when the Bible says love is patient, it means there are going to be people in your life for whom showing them love means you're going to have to be extra patient with them. You'll have to take extra time with them. You'll have to explain things to them more than once. You'll have to give them extra grace, sometimes to make the same mistake over and over again. 
In Greek, the word translated here in the New International Version as patient actually is a verb. It's a form of the verb makrothumeo. And it literally means to suffer long. To defer anger for a long time. Basically, what that is saying is this. It literally means to put up with annoying stuff over a long period of time. A macro period of time. Listen, you are simply going to encounter people in your life who are so broken or so hurt that you simply cannot really love them the way they need to be loved, the way God wants you to love them, unless you're willing to put up for a while with things that really annoy you. And to quickly take the position with them that I'm not putting up with that is really to take the position with them I'm not going to love you. Let me quickly add a caveat here because there are some things for which you should not really have patience. You should not have patience, for example, for abuse of any sort. You don't have to suffer long. Someone's railing on you and cussing you out or is ever in any way being violent toward you. That's not what the Bible's talking about here. But outside of cases like that, the truth is to be quick to write people off, to be quick to say I'm fed up and I'm not putting up with their nonsense, to be quick with some people in that way is honestly simply to fail to love them. And so in that particular situation, it is to fail to be an imitator of God. Or consider when the Bible says love is kind. The reality is there will be people in your path for whom the most loving thing you can do for them is simply and intentionally to show them kindness. Folks like the person standing off to the side alone in a crowded room for whom love looks like walking over and saying hi, trying to engage them in a conversation. The person you run into who's frazzled and clearly looks like they're they're hunting for something or they're confused, for whom love looks like helping them find what they're looking for, helping them get where they're trying to go. Or the person whose arms are full and who really needs you to rush ahead and open the door and hold it for them. In other words, kindness requires paying attention to the people and the situations around you in order to be able to step in and help. Doing that consistently is living a life of love as an imitator of the God who stepped into this world to help you and to help me. Again, when the Bible says love does not envy, it means love requires you to rejoice with others and for others who have things you don't. Frequently, things you wish you had. Maybe things you really, really want. It means seeing someone else get something you wanted and being genuinely happy for them. 
going home and pouting because once again I didn't get what I wanted. You see, the truth is, someone who is often put out, or, or maybe just often quietly bummed out because somebody else got something cute, because somebody else got a new car, because somebody else got a new promotion, because somebody else got a new fancy toy, someone who's often put out or simply quietly bummed out by things like that is someone who's not walking the talk, at least not in that particular area of their life. No, in that particular area, they're not imitating God. Fascinatingly, the exact opposite is also true. When the Bible says love does not boast, it means when you do get what you really want, you do your level best not to let your successes and your blessings make other people feel jealous, make other people feel left out, make other people feel somehow less than. In other words, when things are going really well for you, love means keeping it in perspective, recognizing it as grace from God, refusing ever to believe the lie or give the impression you believe the lie that you think you're really good enough for that person somehow you really deserve God's blessing. I could go on, but the point is that love only works. Love really only makes sense in relation to other people. If you do because I love, oh, I, you know, yeah, I'm, I, I'm so, I, I love, and I want love, and it's perfect love, and blah, blah, blah. But if the rubber meets the road with other people on the other side, it loses its meaning. 1 Corinthians 6. Love only makes sense in relation to other people, the people to whom you show love. Living the way you want to live as an imitator of God. And not surprisingly, we often hear this 1 Corinthians church's passage read at wedding ceremonies. But the truth is, it always applies. Not just at weddings and not just to spouses. This is what love looks like. This is how love acts all the time, with everybody, even with your worst enemies. At least that's what Jesus says. In the Sermon on the Mount, kind of speaking of this topic, Jesus says, but I tell you, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Don't insult them. Don't run them down. Don't make jokes at them. Love your enemies. I tell you, love your enemies. This is Jesus talking. I tell you, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. In other words, you may be a good imitator of God. How do you imitate God? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus kind of closes out this thought a couple of verses later saying, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be an imitator of God. Reminds me of the time over and over and over again in the book of Leviticus, you find God saying, be holy, because I am holy. In the words of the Apostle Paul, be imitators of God. Live a life of love. So I just want to take a moment and ask you this question. I really want to actually encourage you this morning to take some time this week 
take a good, long look at yourself. At all the things in your life that maybe don't fit very well with being a Christian. Things in your life that don't really belong to you. In ways and places where you're honestly not all that happy. Where you're honestly not all that grateful. Where you're honestly not all that likable. Because those are the places that we all have in our lives. Those are the places that we need to fix ourselves. Those are the places that in all honesty are out of place in the life of a Christian. That's what Paul says, isn't it? Ephesians 5, verse 3. He says, such things are improper for God's holy people. They just don't belong. They just don't fit. Sexual immorality, impurity, greed, obscenity, coarse joking, things like that, and anything that makes you think others might think you. They just don't fit in the life of a Christian. Verse 4, Paul says, they are out of place. They don't belong. You wouldn't wear a tank top and dirty sneakers and use a dog sniffer mustache. You wouldn't put a skirt to church. They just don't go together. They would be improper. They would be out of place. Some things are just as out of place in the life of a Christian. I asked you a few weeks ago when I preached to take some time to read the actual order of day rules for the Christian life in the Catholic Church. And then I asked you to find three close sisters in the actual order of day. And they tell me what they think. If you haven't done that yet, So here's the time to do it. The World New Testament as God continues to move out and to uh, uh, to um, impress upon me the reality that we are not that different. That the people of God are not that different. That we're not ready for what's coming in this world and that we're not ready to see in this world what the devastation is going to do. Getting ready to change and building our lives upon the ground so that when things go wrong, we actually wonder if that was God's plan and knowing that the sure foundation of the love of God is forever settled in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's coming who we're supposed to be and here he comes back again that much more certain. Ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? What are the things in my life that I'm not I'm not ready to fix? What are the things in my life that I'm just kind of not 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 that big on discussing with folks and figuring it out? What are the things? And then find two completely acceptable sisters and ask them to tell you what you need to do. God is going to say to us, what's improper? So where we recognize those things in our life that we're not ready to trust and confidently ask him to help us says who we are, your word that says who we are, 
help us, O Lord, I pray, to boldly acknowledge that we are being part of this service of ours in this service of our Lord Jesus Christ. We, we recognize that. We've told him that. We believe that it's true. Lord, we acknowledge there's so many things that we still carry about in our lives that really don't fit you, really aren't right, that we have never changed. Show us the ones that you want us to work on right now. And give us the grace and the courage and the strength to work on them and to work on our lives. Change us and make us more and more the people you've called us to be and to be. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.